0: It was in the 1960s sometime, I don't remember which summer, actually I do, it was toward the latter part of the 60s, my parents sent me to a boys' summer camp in Durango, Colorado. Camp Silver Spruce, it was called at the time, sat along the banks of the Florida River just just outside of town. It was a really uh, beautiful spot with all the activities any kid could absolutely wish for, horseback riding and archery, baseball, hiking, fishing, a rifle range, a giant swing, and The best part of that camp was Friday night when we had dances with a nearby camp for girls. But as an elementary school boy, there were moments of overwhelming homesickness. As you all know, that feeling of homesickness is that awful, preoccupying heartache we feel. The remedy was to write letters to my parents and my grandmother, many of which I still have to this day. And they, of course, wrote me letters back along with care packages filled with chocolate chip cookies and those tin cans. How times have changed, as you all know, in those days, letters were the primary way of staying in touch long distance. There were phone calls, but they were quite expensive at the time, as you may remember. No one could have imagined then cell phones, emails, FaceTime, Zoom calls, and all the other means we now have at our fingertips. Life, indeed, was at a different pace in the middle of the last century, wasn't it? With many advantages. Well, as I've pondered the pace of life of the past, I thought about my parents once again and their generation, and I'm glad I had a chance to share with them some of what life used to be like for several decades before things changed. But as I was thinking about my parents this week, another memory crept into my mind, a memory I haven't thought about for a long time. It's not a memory I lived, but it's a memory that they shared with me. It was August 1943. It was a hot summer day in the West Texas town of El Paso. The Gothic structure of St. Clement's Episcopal Church baked in the summer sun. In the late afternoon, my parents, Marty and Peter, walked up the aisle to make their vows, vows they kept for 56 years until my dad died. They were surrounded by close friends and loving family members and others who had yet to go off to war. Well, following the wedding and a a party after the wedding, my parents headed by train to northern New Mexico to a place called Ghost Ranch for a honeymoon. It's a special place, in remote George O'Keefe country. They knew when they arrived they had 48 hours to be together. My dad was going to ship out and join the Allied forces in Europe. Little did he know that weekend they spent together that bloody Omaha Beach awaited him in the not-too-distant future on D-Day. Well, years later, my mom, who is long gone, wrote a poem about that time. And here are some excerpts I want to share with you today. My mom wrote about that weekend. So tender were we then, too young to know that pine scent cannot last, that mountain streams run dry, and even bluebirds, or blue jays, die. Beneath our breath, we hummed love songs and counted on starshine to overcome the present threat of death. War left us quite alone. We heard no whine of distant bombs, but listened to the wind that brought the desert near, the scent of rain. Our very innocence protected us from pain, unmindful of the beach to come. While well, that weekend was short and beautiful, it was a weekend that my parents talked about often throughout their lives. It was a beautiful yet poignant, poignant, painful, scary, joyous, wonderful, terrible time. All those feelings at once. Our reading today is from the book of Exodus, and in it we encounter this fellow named Moses and Moses, as we know, was born at a very difficult time in Egypt. The the Pharaoh, the ruler at the time in those days, engaged in what we would call ethnic cleansing. He ordered that when a Hebrew baby boy was born, that the involved midwife should kill the child. With no United Nations around or news outlets to challenge the Egyptian government, fear spread throughout the land. And it was during this brutal genocide, which is what it was, that Moses was born. And when he was born, his mother placed him in a basket, giving him up along the banks of the Nile River, hoping that it would save him. And because she took the hard path of being willing to give up her child, and the tough choice she made, Moses survived. Can you imagine giving up your child Well, after childhood, as we know, Moses grows up, and when he was an adult, one day he saw a fight going on between a fellow Hebrew and an Egyptian, and he intervenes, and in cold blood, he kills the Egyptian. And Moses runs away, and he goes right to the top of the Egyptian most wanted list. And he goes into hiding. And years pass, and while Moses is still hiding, he gets married, and he begins a family, and he starts working as a shepherd. In a place called Midian. And it's there while working as a shepherd that Moses sees something that changes the course of his entire life. He sees a burning bush. Not an ordinary burning bush. Not that there is an ordinary burning bush. The burning bush burns but the fire does not consume it. And a voice comes out of the bush. And when Moses walks toward the bush he hears the voice of God. And stunned Moses listens carefully. And God tells Moses that he knows that the Hebrew people are suffering and that he's going to do something about it. He wants to liberate the people. And then God tells Moses, and it is you who is going to do this for me. And while Moses certainly is pleased to hear that God wants to liberate his fellow Hebrews from their torment in Egypt, he's not happy at all that God wants to use him to do it. And if you read just past today's reading, Moses gives God reason after reason after reason as to why he's a terrible choice to accomplish the task. Moses says, who am I? I'm just a shepherd. Who am I to lead my people? Then Moses thinks for a minute. He says, okay, God, suppose I agree to go. What what shall I tell him about who, who, who sent me? And suppose... Am I supposed to say to them that, that a voice from a burning bush told me to do it? They'll think I've been eating some mushrooms. What if the Hebrews don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if they doubt that you sent me? And, and God, you, you, you no, 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 that I stutter. I can't talk right. My tongue doesn't work. I'm not an eloquent speaker. I have trouble coming up with the right words to say. And then finally Moses says, God, send someone else, please. Yet as the story goes, Moses finally agrees to do it. He makes the tough choice to do what God asks him to do, even though it means that Moses is going to end up in some really rough places. And if you look at the rest of the story, Moses' entire life illustrates that sometimes the right path is the hard path. But the story about Moses is not just a story about Moses, it's a story about God. It's a story about God's commitment to Moses. It's a story about God's promises and assurances to Moses in the midst of time of tough choices and rough places. And here, I'd like to take a look for just a moment at some of Moses' concerns and what God says in response to what Moses' specific worries are. Moses says, God, I'm a nobody. Who am I to do this? And God says, you may feel all alone in this, but you are not. I am with you. I am with you always, all the way. You will never be without me. Moses says, God, people are going to think I'm nuts. They're going to question me. And God replies, Moses, always remember that it's not about whether you take the easier, or the hard path. It's about following me on the path that I show you. Moses says, God, how can I do this? What if the people don't want to follow me? What if they don't believe me? And God replies, Moses, let your worries go. Trust me. Put your faith in me. Rely on me. I will not let you down. Moses says, God, I can't talk right. I stutter. I can't speak. And God says, Moses, it's not about your limitations. It's not about your frailties or weaknesses. It's about my power and my strength to help you through. Moses says, God, please send someone else. I don't have what it takes. (coughs) And God replies, Moses, I will always give you what you need at the moment you need it. Well, that day long ago at the burning bush, when Moses stood at a fork in the road and had to make tough choices, he was in a rough place. And God says, to Moses, trust my power, trust that I will give you what you need when you need it, trust that I will show you the way, trust that I will be at your side, trust me. I don't think the story of Moses at the burning bush is just a story about Moses. I think it's a story that continues in your life and my life to this day. You see, I believe that the commitments and the assurances that God made to Moses are the same commitments and promises that God makes to you and to me when we are faced with tough choices or in the midst of dealing with rough places. In your life right now, today, are there some tough decisions you need to make? Are you wondering what path to take? Are you struggling with whether or not to do the right thing even though it will be costly? Are you facing some hard choices about your future? What you should do about a relationship? Whether you should move, take a new job, or talk to that person you've needed to talk to for a long time? Are you in a tough place right now, dealing with something unexpected, unwelcome, overwhelming, or something filled with uncertainty? a life circumstance you don't want, a change you don't like that has come from nowhere, an event you never would have predicted. Well, if you, like me, are faced with tough choices or rough places, whether today or in the future, we need to remember Moses. We need to remember what God said to Moses, to remember what God tells you and me right now and to all of those that we love. God reminds us through this story that God is always with us and nothing can separate us from the love of God. We need to remember that God will show us the way as we need to be shown the way even if things seem murky or unclear or untenable. Our lives we need to remember are not ever about our limitations but rather about God's unbounded power always working through us. We're invited to remember that God gives us what we need when we need it, and therefore we can trust God without reservation. These are helpful mantras to say to ourselves, with God's help, I will trust that God is with me no matter what. With God's help, I will trust that God will show me the way as I need it. With God's help, I will trust my life is about God's power, not my limitations. With God's help, I will trust that God will give me what I need when I need it. And with God's help, I will trust God. And to wrap up, earlier I mentioned my parents In the last weekend they had together before my dad dad headed off to Europe to fight. I shared some excerpts from a poem my mom wrote. Well, as we know the rest of the story, My dad survived, somehow, and it was their fundamental faith and trust in God that helped them endure that very painful, uncertain, and scary time when my dad was a long way away with no communication for a year and a half. And so it reminds me that when we're in those places, when it feels like the pine scent goes away, or that the mountain streams are running dry, or that blue jays die, when bombs of pain and struggle hit us, let us remember the story of Moses and ask God to help us take that story to heart. Amen.